welcome to the Blue and White Brothers, the podcast all about Penn State football. Conversation and commentary from a fan perspective. I'm Tom Gaffman. And I'm Andy Gaffman. And we are the Blue and White Brothers. Two brothers, two takes, one team. Well, as we were saying last episode, um, you were not in town the prior week. You were uh, what down town the- was that? What town is that that I'm supposed to be in, Andy? You know, the town of the United States. America. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, your you your hometown where you're living right now. But well, you were you were in the Isthmus of Panama, and I think if I'm not mistaken, you watched that Illinois game streaming on your phone. In, no, I, I took I took my laptop with me to. Well, okay, fair enough. Like, but you were Bocas. I was in Bocas del Toro. So, and I previously had a game where I was streaming on my one of my devices as opposed to seeing on a widescreen TV. You know, and this it got year? me thinking. Yeah, when when I lost power and was watching oh, the right. Delaware oh, game on right, my right, right, yeah, right, right. Uh, yeah on Peacock or whatever. So it got me thinking: if you're not going to be in the stadium at the game. What is your best Penn State game watching situation? Uh, I pretty much had it uh, Saturday for the uh, Iowa for, game. So what is yeah, it? What's your well, what's your setup? It's for me. Uh, first of all, I'm in Mountain Time, so I wake up and th- so this is how I, I woke up in my bed and and I I was streaming with my headphones on the um, the college game day uh, for the first hour, just laying in bed watching it while I was quiet. And and then I once the Fox pregame was going to start, I I filtered out to the living room with my uh, MacBook Pro and my iPad, and and I had the Fox broadcast uh, with the satellite or with the antenna uh, here here in Denver using an antenna, an HD antenna, uh, picking up the Fox broadcast um, to watch their pregame, so I could catch anything that was Penn State related pregame wise on their network, but also on uh, my laptop was streaming the. Um, the ESPN game day, so I could catch anything of, of theirs on that. And then on the side, I had the iPad that was just going to, you know, show uh, the third game of, of I was going to watch three games at once. So that's my ideal setup <laughs> is at least three screens. Uh, typically, I have a fourth, actually, because I have a spare TV that I bring in that I set up underneath the big screen. And so I have two TVs streaming, um, and then I have my MacBook Pro and my iPad going to, some, to the other games. And I will actually listen listen to uh, at least when Penn State's not on I will listen to two or three broadcasts all at the same time my brain can actually <laughs> differentiate between so I can like oh I want to tune into this because what something happens over here because you can't like you got to hear the excitement from the crowd or the announcers to then c- clue in but when Penn State's on I ha- turn all the other volumes off I'll still have two two at you least still have the sides. screens going all the screens absolutely amazing definitely um, now how about how about in terms of viewing partners? Um, Kay asked me, uh, before the, the day before the game, she's like, she's like, Hey, do you want to watch the game with any like Penn state fans? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm like, I do not. Uh, um, because you know, in a game that's a top 25 matchup, Franklin's been known to like, uh, you know, have a couple of games here and there that are like go off script and don't work to our favor. You don't want to, and I don't want to be around other people yeah. who I don't want, I don't want to have to like talk 
during those frustrating <laughs> times. I don't want to have to like have any like I don't want to entertain anybody during those. The, no, I want to I want to focus on myself, and I'm you know constantly checking my Twitter feeds, and I'm following along very intently, and and all the 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 metadata you know that's going on behind the scenes of the games as well. I um the. Um, opposite from you and a lot of respect. I didn't ask how you like to I don't watch. care. I'm going to answer anyway. <laughs> I don't want any other distractions. I want just the Penn State game. I want it full screen. That's all I have. Well, I have the game full screen. I'm just course. saying I don't want any other distractions. Okay. I don't want yeah. other flashing lights. I don't want anything like that. I'm with you on the, like, I'm very selective on who I'm going to be around. If yes. I'm going to be around someone else, they have to have the same level of Penn State fandom Absolutely. and sanity and as no, me. they they can't be like uh, trying to talk to me about other things. I know, like I want to hear about what's going on in your life. What are you, a communist? Get away from me! <laughs> <laughs> Don't you're you're done talking. No more talking. Go sit uh, in the corner. I did uh, I'm not go to my room. <laughs> I did not specifically ban my family from watching Penn State football games with me, but. They, they, they banned themselves. <laughs> they removed themselves from this situation. Um, Kate certainly does not l like she, she. It's it's a lot of stress for her yeah, to I witness me go through the the my reactions per play. <laughs> now, one thing I've do I haven't done so far this year, at least to the degree I've done in other years, by the way, Andy, is I haven't frothed. Yeah, right? there's not a, been much to froth about, but like, um, I haven't frothed yet. Uh, at least I was in a little the, in frothy the during thread. that Illinois game, honestly. Yeah, and I and I was I I've been more optimistic this year, uh, kind of intentionally, but also I just feel better about this team in general. Yeah. Um. And but at any rate, so um, the the only thing that could possibly make my remote viewing uh experience any better is if I could listen to the Penn State radio broadcast perfectly synced yes. to the Penn State TV broadcast. That was that's a, the only way that would day, make it better. Back in the yeah. day, that's how we you could would do watch that. it. At you home. could do that perfectly. Because there were no delays on There's any no of the broadcast. There's no streaming delays of any sort. Yeah. Um, and you and I can stream the radio broadcast on, on my phone or on, on on a device. The problem is the, the syncing of it. It's is, like a thirty to sixty second delay. And it's different. It can be different from year to year and week to week as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which is frustrating. Well, anyway, um, yeah. What? Hey, everyone. What's your favorite Penn State watching situation? You want to go to a bar? Do you have a favorite place to go and watch it with friends? What's your favorite situation? Uh, send us a mailbag. Let us know. In fact, um, we do have a mailbag today. We also have a by the numbers today. And in addition to that, the main part of the podcast today is going to be uh, scouting that Northwestern team and looking ahead to that game. Uh, we're going to get into that in just a second, but want to remind everyone to uh, send us a mailbag. Uh, Blue and White Brother at gmail.com. Uh, write a review. Give us a rating on your uh, favorite podcast app. Send uh, a note to your best friend and tell them how great this podcast is. And Do it. They will thank you for it. Trust me. And so will we. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's go ahead. Um, we do have a mailbag. In fact, this is a first for Blue and White Brothers this season. Two mailbag entries today, and we're going to open up that mailbag right now. Mailbag time. And the first is from friend of the podcast, Rudy Glocker. 
Rudy Glocker of Bergen Outdoor up in New Hampshire in the White Mountains. Big friend of the the pod. We're happy that he's a avid listener. And a, uh, if you don't know, he's a former uh, letterman at Penn State from the late 80s, early 90s. So it's it's a good friend to have, that's for sure. Yeah, indeed. Uh, thanks for writing in, Rudy. Um, here's his question. It's about that Iowa game. He says, what was your favorite stat of the Penn State-Iowa game? For example, final score, turnover margin, Iowa's rushing yards, Iowa's total offense, Penn State's fourth down conversion percentage. You get the drift. I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to let you go first, Andy. I, I, got, I got several favorites. I want to know <laughs> yours is first. Uh, for me, it's got to be time of possession. The three to one time of possession, 30, 45 minutes to you know under 14 for 15 minutes. I would just... It's eye-popping. It's astonishing. It speaks both to our offensive dominance and their offensive ineptness. Uh, our defensive dominance and uh, their inability to stop us. It's everything you could want. Um, that, of course, besides the 31 to nothing score. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's the shutout. It's the... Yeah. And, and the final score part is obviously 31, but the zero part. And when Penn State advertised it on social media, they, they, be, they were sure to put up zero... And zero, as in double goose egg. And, you know, they, they really like, it was like, I mean, it wasn't a slight towards Iowa, really, but like it kind of also is when he showed <laughs> double zeros. Um, that was just, oh, man. Any, you know, we had a 30 to nothing shutout last year against Maryland at, uh, at home. Um, this was so much sweeter than that, and that felt so really much. good. That felt really good last year to beat Maryland thirty to nothing. We really got after Tua, but we got after the entire offense of Iowa, and it wasn't even close. It wasn't even, you know, you play four quarters, and those, you know, you add them all up. They don't got they ain't got nothing to show for it. They got nothing to show for it. And I know they were a little, you know, hampered with, you know. You know, missing some guys on offense and maybe even McNamara being a little injured, but I don't care. It's about, <laughs> it's about revenge, and I don't care that you're shorthanded at all. Like, suck it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm a, uh, I, I, I don't have to be like James Franklin. I don't have to be a, a stand-up uh, class act like Franklin. <laughs> No, no, you can be petty. I uh, can. And you often are. And no, are, by the way, there's even, <laughs> I am, I can't be petty for sure. Um, <laughs> and not Tom Petty, but uh, the, the, there are even more stats that, that were, that can be ca- categorized as, as a favorite in this game, but it's that shutout, baby. It's the oh, zero. Yeah. It's the zero on the scoreboard. I like you, know, you know, when you give up an extra like three or seven at the end of the game, it just doesn't feel as sweet. And it certainly happened in a couple of games already this year. You know, and you gotta you love just, the close out. Yeah, you our backups closed out. That's that's what you want to see is like the backups getting better at closing out, and that happened against the Power Five conference. You know, big time opponent ranked. Boom, awesome. Thanks for the question, Rudy. Um, hey guys, what's your favorite stat of that Iowa game? Feel free to write in. Would love to share it with others. Um, here's our second mailbag entry. Um, this comes from someone who's written in before. Um, we call them repeat offenders. A repeat offender. <laughs> Sue Rapine. Rapine. I'm not quite sure how to say your last name. We didn't name, know Sue. at the beginning, and we, we need to know the next time you write in. Feel, so feel we free can to give us a correctly. pronunciation guide in the future. But anyway. What if you pronounce, what if you pronounce the E on the end of that? Like Rapine. 
<laughs> Rapine, maybe it's Rapine. French. <laughs> yeah, like we have to know. I uh, want to know. We're so, butchering I'm your name. With... It's it's yeah, a I'll blue butcher, and white brother's tradition. I'll butcher Alar's name. I'll butcher Sue Rapine's name. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no disrespect. Actually, we're really delighted. I'm glad you're writing in. We're glad. Um, here's what Sue says. Uh, speak, uh, I feel bad now because she says some really nice things about us. Uh, she says, <laughs> I, don't, I mean, we're not saying bad things no, about us. We, we just don't know. That's you right. Know? So go. glad you guys are back. She says, um, hope you still feel that way. You are my favorite sports podcast. How about that? And she says, and I listen to sports radio and podcasts. Well, now we've got to know how to pronounce one of, our, you know, we're someone's favorites. we got to know how to pronounce one of our favorites, too. Yeah, so. definitely. Um, she says, uh, by the way, you should definitely have your father join you more often. I see where you guys get your sense of humor. I enjoyed his contribution this week. <laughs> and <laughs> she goes on to say, I would love to be a fly on the wall at your family's Thanksgiving no, dinner. No, you would not. Actually, it that's going to be the fan uh, prize. Uh, there's going to be a drawing. We're going to give you a fly from the wall on Thanksgiving. We're going to send it to you. Yeah, you come join oh. our family Thanksgiving uh, <laughs> Via Zoom? <dinner. laughs> Via Zoom or in real life? Oh, uh, man. Um, by the way, <laughs> just derailed. a quick, quick aside. I did invite people to write in and say if they'd rather have dad than you on the podcast. And I, you'll be glad to know nobody wrote in and said they'd rather see our dad than you. So no, no their calls silence is deafening, <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for joining us, dad. Yeah. Um, anyway, she goes on to say, I live for weekend college football and I continue to have high hopes for Penn state to finally put it all together, offense and defense on the same day and win convincingly. I think this is maybe before that Iowa game, in any case. Um, she said, I feel like the rest of the sports world doesn't quite believe we have what it takes to be a playoff team. And here's our question. What do you think it will take for sportscasters to believe in Penn State? Would a strong victory over Iowa do it? Or would we have to beat both Ohio State and Michigan? What do you think, bro? I don't think we have to beat both uh, uh, Ohio State and Michigan to make them believe. I think winning either against either of those teams is, you know, going to significantly, you know, increase sportscasters' ability to believe in us as a team. Um, and both those teams individually in their own merits, like, uh, would be a great fought victory for Penn State. Um but I, I don't think this is the Iowa team that puts us over the top in the in the eyes and you know minds of uh, of national sportscasters. I think in Penn State beat writers, I think you'll see them start to kind of feel a little differently about where this team can top out at. But I think you know in terms of the national um, you know, kind of view of Penn State. This is a stepping stone game to increasing people's belief in Franklin and this team. But really, ultimately, it is going to come down to how we play against Ohio State for four quarters, by the way, and how we look against Michigan when they're on our turf, as they are a number two ranked team, I most likely they'll be number two if in a three one whatever depending depending on how things shake out. They will be a top, you know, one to four team coming into Beaver Stadium, and and that's what will be measured on. That's that will be, you know. If we get blown out by Michigan at home, people are going to, even if we beat Ohio State, the Ohio State's going to be, you know, have this suspect, you know, view of them, even still after beating Notre Dame, I feel. Um, 
that if we beat Ohio State, it's going to be like, well, they still can't handle Michigan's offensive line or defensive line or whatever it is. We got to put together a believable performance in both of those games that that we are up to that caliber team. And, you know, again, I think the Iowa game is a great stepping stone to getting there. But that's what it's going to It's going to take beating either Ohio State or Michigan or both. So she talks about a convincing win against Iowa, wondering if that's going to make a difference. Um, that was a very convincing win against Iowa, um, historic win against Iowa. And do you know what happened to Penn State in the polls? They moved up one. One. They moved up one. They moved up one. They didn't leapfrog anybody who. It didn't change good. any opinions, you know. Correct. That, yeah, that, is what USC's that opinions got changed, you know, because they didn't put it all together um, in all phases against a bad Arizona State team that got blanked by Fresno State, by the way, and and so so they they moved USC below us. They didn't move us above USC. I, I agreed, and you know, I I think you're right. I mean, we're gonna have to play and win against the perennial powers that everyone is looking to in Ohio State. It's all State about Ohio and State next. It's all um, about Ohio State next. We're going to yeah. even if we, you know, blow out blow the doors off Northwestern and beat the brakes off UMass, it isn't going to we're the only way we're going to move up in the polls and be talked about more highly is if other teams in front of us lose. It's not because of how we beat Northwestern or UMass yeah. or so Maryland the, or the other thing Michigan I just want to the other thing I just want to say here is like and and obviously the poll watching is part of the fun of college football um you know it's the horse race and whose opinion matters and it does feel and in, and in less respects than in years past but it still is important what people think of you that it does get you into one of those top 4 spots but I just, I kind of, I have a hard time with it myself, so I'm not like uh, trying to you know be high and mighty or anything like that. But, it, it, you know, it's really important not to get too caught up in what other people think about you. Well, Andy, you know, this it's, is, this is it's why it matters, one, though. Oh, no, oh, hold go on. Ahead. Just hold on. Keep going. All First right. of all, all right, it's right. what do you think of yourself, right? Right. What do you think of yourself? Do you have the self-respect? But secondly, it's, what do you do about it and how do you show how good you are, what kind of a team you are? And, you know, I'd say this is true in life as well as in football. Um, the big thing with Franklin teams since 2016 has been not quite showing it on the field. We've had moments of hype. In fact, last year against Iowa, we were the fourth ranked team in the country. Right. And, <laughs> so people, we had that hype, yeah. But we went into a top three versus top four matchup, and we lost the game, man. I actually like. Let's put it this way: I actually like that we haven't been getting the benefit of the doubt from a voter perspective. It actually plays to our favor because Franklin is better as an underdog, in my opinion, more more often than not. When it when it's a you know a big game, Franklin plays the underdog role better. I don't think Frank, Franklin plays the lead, you know like like we we were we were third against Iowa. We were the favorite, and it just crumbled. Obviously, injuries played a massive role. But here's 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 how much the national voter didn't care about the thirty-one to nothing drubbing of of Iowa. Georgia is ranked first 
in the AP poll, they're receiving 55 first place votes. Michigan is second in the AP poll. They're receiving one first place vote. Texas is three in the AP poll. They're receiving two. Ohio State, four. They're receiving one first place vote. Florida State is fifth. They're receiving three first place votes. And then we there's Penn State at sixth. No first place votes. Even number seven, Washington, has a first place vote who's ranked below us. So there are six teams with first place votes that are in the top seven, and we are one of them that has none in the top seven. We're the only one in the top seven that doesn't have a first place vote. Not, yeah. not saying we deserve it. I'm not saying we deserve a first place yep. vote, but that just goes to show you what the national voter thinks of Penn State after a dominant win. Against Iowa, Iowa team. You That's- can always come up with reasons for why what you show on the field isn't quite enough. But you know what? If you go 12-0, and 0, you run out of those kinds of excuses. But here's the interesting thing about, about this team this year is like this, the schedule right now looking forward is we have... If we do get you know do what we're supposed to do, do what we think we can do, and, and get the job done against Ohio State and Michigan, those nobody else has two top four uh, teams on their schedule moving forward. Nobody. We have the most to gain moving forward. And Opportunity all we, is not. We have the most. We have by far and away the we could conceivably be ranked number one. By after the Ohio State game, because that would be the best win of anyone in the country at, to that to that point. And then the Michigan game, if you win Ohio State and Michigan, you're definitely number one. You're number one in the country. No, like you proved it for sure. And that's like that's mind boggling to 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 to, to, to 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 just realize that that is on your schedule in front of you, and that you have a team that can actually contend. For that opportunity and and that that possibility, that's that's the best part. Is everything in front of you? Not not crossing your fingers and hoping that the voters will will start you know believing in Penn State. You got you will you can believe in yourself by just winning those games, and it doesn't matter what the, what anyone else thinks because they won't be able to to knock your schedule at that point. They won't be able to knock your resume at all. They'll have no room to knock your resume. That's I love the beauty. It. That's the beauty of the rest of this game. I love the schedule Th- this year. Sue, thanks for that question. Really enjoyed uh, talking about that. Um, let's go ahead and close up the mailbag, bro. Until next week, and uh, just want to say, to everyone, uh, feel free to write in with your question or comment. We love to talk about it on the podcast. That's Blue and White Brothers at Gmail All right. Well, let's turn our attention to that uh, Northwestern game coming up this Saturday. Uh, it's the third of three straight Big Ten West games kicked it off with Illinois in Champaign and then Iowa and the Whiteout in Beaver Stadium this past Saturday. We'll be back in the Midwest at Northwestern in Evanston, Illinois. That's a 12 o'clock noon Eastern game, 11 a.m. local time on Big Ten Network. Our first Big Ten Network game of the season. Oh, boy. I Another can't first. Wait. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, good news. Weather at game times looks to be sunny and 70s. Um, should be a game that lets us run our full offense. Uh, nothing like that uh, gross Northwestern game last year or even right. the Iowa game last week. Right. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued by the fact that this is a chance to to get redemption for how we started the Illinois game at 11 a.m. local time in, in Illinois. Um, I agree. 
It's a, it's a redo. It you was, know, I agree. It was a, go, it was go a, do go do it the way you wanted to do it initially in Illinois the first time. You know, a couple weeks ago you went in there. So yeah, and you know, it was Drew Aller's worst game of the season by of far his, of his career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, you know, again, it's sort of a, a Big Ten road game, sleepy noon start, and uh, yeah, a chance to kind of. Uh, show that we've learned a little something there. Um, chance for Drew to show that he's learned something. Uh, before we dive into the specifics of the game and what Northwestern's doing, just uh, some tidbits about Northwestern and Penn State. Uh, we had never played Northwestern before we joined the Big Ten Conference uh, since 1993. Uh, we've played them 19 times before today. That's uh, a 14 and 5 series. Um, win record. Uh, We've lost five times to Northwestern. You think about Northwestern as a football team and Penn State as a football team historically, it's hard to think that you would lose that many times. But we have, I know, we've won three times more than we've lost, but that's still, you know, we need to make sure we don't overlook this team, uh, even as uh, rough a schedule as they've had the last couple of years. Um, Franklin himself doesn't have a great record against Northwestern. He's only Weird. two and two. Now those two losses came in Franklin's first two years, um, and not in 2014 and 2015. Um, but um, yeah, you know, it just uh, it's something that makes you pause and take note. I guess um, we have had some memorable games over the years. Um, and uh, one of them was in 2010. Um, Joe Paterno had 399 career victories, and Northwestern jumped out to a 21 nothing lead. And it looked like we'd have to wait another week. But then Penn State came back and scored the final 35 points to get that 400th career win. Um, but the big one has got to be back in 2005. And of course, that would be um, a Big Ten championship season. In fact, it's our, um, I guess 2016 was our last Big Ten championship. But I mean, we've got one about every 11 years. <laughs> and, um, we you know, we're kind of getting 2000- them like once every, like, it felt like it was a string there where like every third year we were kind of at least in the conversation of getting a Big Ten title for and, and any case, starting with this 05 year. 2005, uh, it come off a, a bunch of bad years. We started 3 and 0, went out to Northwestern. This was at, uh, at Northwestern in Evanston, and um, from the opening gun, it just looked awful. Um, interception by Michael Robinson, uh, two more interceptions in the first half, a fumble inside the Northwestern 10-yard line. We managed somehow to scrape by with a 23-14 to 14 deficit at halftime, Um and we came out in the second half and played a little bit better. We finally took our first lead with less than nine minutes to play, but Northwestern got a field goal with two minutes left to put the Wildcats up 29 to 27. And the one of the most iconic moments in Penn State football history that really allowed us to go on and have that uh, Big Ten championship season is in that last two-minute drive, which started off terrible, an incomplete pass, a sack fumble that nearly ended the game, and then a two-yard loss. Penn State found themselves at a fourth and 15, backs against the wall, time running out, and then Robinson found tight end Isaac Isaac Smolko for 20 yards and a first down. A few plays later, Robinson hit 
wide receiver Derek Williams, who ducked under a Wildcat defender, raced into the end zone. It was a game-winning score, 34 to 29. Penn State goes 4-0, and then then they did some really amazing things down the stretch. And, Dude, um, that that Northwestern game, I can first of all those two plays you just outlined, the fourth and fifteen, and then the touchdown play to Derek Williams. I can see those perfectly in my mind still. Oh you know, yes, especially because a I was recording everything on VHS back then and <laughs> and rewatching it, but also the Big Ten football story was in full swing back then in the Emmy award winning program, and I would watch those like it was like a Saturday morning cartoon when we were kids or something. I just loved the Penn State football story, and that was a great Penn State football story. And at the time, we were still feeling like okay, yeah, we're three and zero, but like what is this team really? We just had four seasons that we're losing in the last five, um, and it. You just you didn't get this sense that like we were about to be a great team, and especially in that fourth and fifteen, you're like, there's no way they're gonna get this, and we didn't even. And Smolko, while being serviceable, he wasn't even that like he wasn't like a great tight end. I think it was a walk on. If uh, I, I think I'm not entirely sure, but he hey man, wasn't right place, right time. Well, he, he made the performed. play. Of course, and and it, that was like to me that that play and that drive and that game was very like, like correlated kind of to how Penn State, Minnesota in 2016, how we turned our season around. Another very similar game to that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So look, all that to say, um, Northwestern, while you might say, hey, they're not a blue blood, they have middling to poor teams quite often. Uh, They're a team that can have the potential to ruin a season and a win against Northwestern can have the potential to catapult a season. So we're going into uh, Northwestern and um, you know, bro, they have not had a really good stretch these last couple of years. <laughs> um, we've already documented uh, some of the struggles this year off the field with the firing of Pat Fitzgerald and the uh, hazing scandal, um, which I'm not sure we've even really gotten to the bottom of because although Pat Fitzgerald was let go, he countersued the university. By the way, all of the assistants that were on his staff that were supposedly part of this hazing culture, they're still with the program. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about who those assistants are and what they've done, but they do have uh, a new head coach, an interim head coach, a guy by the name of David Braun. He just, I mean, he was not brought in to be their coach. Uh, he was brought in to be an assistant and then they promoted him uh, to um, interim head coach, acting head coach, uh, probably because he didn't have any other associations with the program, is my guess. Yeah. And it wasn't just an assistant. He was the brought he was brought in as the defensive coordinator, by the way. Right. Just right. an Excuse assistant. Me. Yeah. So now on top of this, you have last year one of the all-time worst uh seasons in Northwestern history. They went one and eleven. One and eleven. They didn't even win on US soil last year because their one win was in Ireland against uh Nebraska, who was also terrible last year. Uh, just not a whole lot um to, to really brag about with Northwestern football and then the this hazing scandal, loss of their head coach who's I mean Pat know, Fitzgerald, even after a one and eleven season, wasn't even thought of to be uh, on the chopping block. He was an unfirable guy. Yeah, literally Northwestern. The guy who made golden, Northwestern golden guy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so anyway, they're they're coming into the season with a lot of adversity, and um, it, you know, interestingly enough, um, as we said during the news and notes, um, 
Northwestern has two wins on the season already. That doubles their win total over last year. Um, this new interim head coach, um, David Braun, uh, he actually seems like he's doing a little something with this team. It, it seems like after the first couple of games, he's gotten them believing in themselves, They're playing decent football. They had this amazing come from behind win, uh, against Minnesota, a team who you'd think would be, as you said, a lot further along, certainly than a, a scuffling Northwestern team. And, um, it, it, I don't know, bro. As we as we go into this game, I mean, Penn State's flying high against Northwestern, uh, flying high after the win against Iowa. Northwestern is maybe finding a little bit of momentum, a little bit of hey, mojo. They're two and two, right? We were two and two in 2016 when we were going into our fifth game against uh, Minnesota. We yeah. were we were two and two. Like you could see we. And then, of course, Minnesota. That Minnesota game changed our, our whole season. That Northwestern game that they just played, and well, uh, you know, sorry, Northwestern played Minnesota last week. That that Minnesota game uh, came from behind, uh, down thirty-one to ten in the fourth quarter, won in overtime. It was a monstrous come from behind upset victory. There was no one even in the stands, by the way. At, it was at Ryan Field. Like everybody cleared out, thirty-one ten. You know, they they won it. With it not even in front of anybody, essentially. Wow, holy! But cow. so, so like it's for Northwestern. They're got to be thinking like it's us against the world, even on, on the season as a whole. And and this coach, you know, got them to believe in the ability of coming back in that game. And you can do a lot with it with with you know momentum and and belief. You really can. And and I, you know, they might not have the dogs to go and go on and have a you know a. Uh, you know, a great season by any uh, any measure, but the West does seem to be up for grabs. They did yeah. just beat a team that has challenged for the West, you know, title in the last several years with PJ Fleck. They just beat them, got them out of the way. Um, and and like, dude, Iowa doesn't look great. Wisconsin doesn't look great. Um, what, yeah, if you're what, Northwestern, you think, hey, look, all we got to do is win our conference games. You know the whole seasons are our, our division games. You know, like yeah. so. Yeah. So just got to get better one week at a time, and that's what this guy's trying to sell to them right now. And and this is a guy who has um, pedigree at a championship level uh, in his former stops. He was the um, North Dakota State defensive coordinator for the last four years, and in his first three years at North Dakota State, he was the best defensive coordinator at the FCS Division One level. He won two national titles for them. He had the top defense um, uh, several times uh, on, under his watch as a defensive coordinator there. So he was hired with a lot of promise coming in uh, to Northwestern, and and now he's the head coach. He's never yeah, been a head he, coach. Never been a head a young coach guy, before. Up-and-comer. Um, and, um, it, yeah, he clearly knows how to coach football. Um <sighs> I think you let me know that uh, in 2021 they got the all-time conference record for uh, you know total defense holding uh, for scoring defense holding right. opponents to 1.1 points no. per game. No, 11.1, 11.1. Oh well, that makes more sense. But yeah, <laughs> you wrote that down wrong. <laughs> it's 11.1. Well, either way, 11.1 11. 11. would be insane. <laughs> no, it's basically we shut Unheard everybody up. You're, you're going right to the NFL, sir. Eleven point one points. The NFL game. Hall of Fame. That is That's still pretty darn good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, you know what? Like Rutgers um, beat Northwestern to start the season, and I watched that game because it was like the first Big Ten game of the season, and Northwestern looked 
pathetic. They looked like they did not belong in the FBS. They did not look like they belonged on the football field. But, you know, they came back. They beat UTEP uh, 38-7. to UTEP, not necessarily a great team. But um, nonetheless, they, they scored points. They played a real football game. They played defense. Then they lost on the road to a ranked Duke team, 38-14, to which is not terrible. You know, they didn't get the doors blown off. No, that's a respectable against a team that beat the brakes off Clemson. Clemson. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And then this comeback win against Minnesota showing real guts. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say trap game, and yet I kind of feel like, you know, similar to Illinois, if we are sleepy and don't play our best game, you know, stuff could happen. We're going to have to pay attention. So let's go ahead, um, just like the team's going to be doing, and let's break down this Northwestern team. What are we going to see? And let's uh, let's go ahead and start on their offense, man. Um, what, what do you got for us in terms of their offensive coordinator and the, the kinds of guys we're going to see, the kinds of things we're going to look forward to uh, trying to face from Northwestern? All right. So they got, you know, this offensive coordinator. Um <laughs> He, uh, I, I, I can't wait to try and pronounce his name. Um, Mike Bajakian. I don't even know if that's a pretty, it looks like how it's spelled. Oh, wow. Hope that, to, hope that's a hard J cause I, the soft J, I don't know. Bajakian. <laughs> 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 Anyways, um, he's, he's been around, he's been a journeyman, uh, offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. Uh, these are the stops he's made in, in, you know, his prior coaching career as a, as an OC and QB coach simultaneously, central Michigan, Cincinnati, Tennessee. He was a quarterback's coach for Tampa Bay Buccaneers for four seasons with Winston uh, and Fitzpatrick back back then, and then in 2019 he got brought in uh, to Boston College and led a prolific offensive line. Phil Trotwine's last year with Boston College, by the way, uh, with running back AJ Dillon uh, had a monster year with six, over 1600 yards rushing and 14 touchdowns, and I think that whole offensive line that year had all every guy had an all ACC accolade. Um, and so that's when, um, a, well, that's why well, we picked up Phil Trout went after that season and it, you know, has worked out for us, but, um, now this Bajakian guy has been hired by, um, uh, Northwestern and, you know, quarterback kind of guru in some ways, um, you know, and I, I don't know if, if Northwestern's just a type of team that just can't get enough dudes to to run particular offenses. He he has been a a um Kind of um, the, the type the type of offense that they've been running there has been like, you know, give it to Evan Hall, who is a, a great running back for them the last couple of years, and our quarterback can be a little elusive, um, make some plays with his feet, but they kind of just play a spread uh, defense or excuse me, spread offense, um, and they try and get get the ball around to a lot of different playmakers, including tight ends, um, and uh, but they, they they're kind of lacking some some dudes. Uh, they got this. Uh, New guy came in, Ben Bryant. He uh, has been a quarterback at Cincinnati in multiple stints with a little um, a little uh, stint at Eastern Michigan peppered in there. But he was a, a decent quarterback for Eastern Michigan and Cincinnati, throwing for over 3,000 yards at least one, one season um, and close to it another. But uh, really, like, Ben Bryant... In that Minnesota game last week, yeah, he was the difference maker, man. Then we're talking about a dude that threw for just four yards shy of 400 yards last week, and prior to that, 
he hadn't thrown for, I think, over 169s in any game, which was a game against Rutgers, by the way. Wow. Um, so, so really, he, he exploded onto the scene with this Minnesota comeback. He, he uh, on the season, he's only throwing 59.6%. Um, and he had basically double his yards in that game that he had all season. Oh, uh, man. Because he has 800 yards right now, and he threw for almost 400 yards in that game. So... Now, he had a long touchdown of 80 yards, but this this guy's been getting sacked a lot, too. He's, he's been sacked 10 times this season so far, sacked twice in the game last week. Um, but that fourth-quarter comeback will not be forgotten soon at all. He was 33 of 49 for 67.3% yard or 67.3% completion percentage and four touchdowns. And, the, yeah, and I think huge. three of them came in the fourth quarter and, yep. f- and a fourth in overtime, if, I bo- if I'm correct. I believe that's how that worked out. Now, backup Ryan Halinski is still on the, the team. He's their former starter. Um, he didn't play in the game, but he, but he did throw a pass this year, and it was an 85-yard touchdown pass in his one attempt, in his one pass. <laughs> oh it was gosh. one for one, 85 Those yards. like Sean his, Clifford stats that you Right, in his freshman year. But so, <laughs> so Holinsky's now the backup, but he can still chuck it. But that was in a blowout win at UTEP. Um, these, these quarterbacks are not made. Uh, ben Bryant is not a major running threat so far. Uh, he's, he's getting sacked more than he's getting popped. Positive yards, uh, uh, it seems. Um, so he's more of a pocket passer, um, but don't, but don't, you know, don't count him out for trying to get a few yards uh, for a first down here and there. But they aren't gonna. There, it's uh, not gonna be like Garrett Green or uh, Luke Altmyer. Those guys were trying to run on us quite a bit more. How about their run game, bro? Is that something to be worried about? Um, you know, it doesn't seem like it. It really doesn't seem like it. I'm not saying they don't have, uh, you know, they have this guy named Cam Porter, all right? He's a senior. By the way, Ben Bryant's also a senior. So I'm going to be going through some of these skill guys at the um, on, on the offense. Uh, and then I, when I go through some of the guys on defense, all these major contributors of theirs are all seniors, whether they're, you know, four-year four seniors, five-year seniors, or, or using COVID eligibility. They're all seniors, all, all upperclassmen. Um, but Cam... Uh, Porter, uh, senior, five foot ten, two hundred ten pounds. So far, he's only had forty nine carries in the season for only two hundred three yards. That's a four point one yard average. He's only has one touchdown, and he's the only running back on the roster with a rushing touchdown. Uh, Last game against Minnesota, obviously, was a come-from-behind win, so you're not running the ball a bunch. He had 16 carries for 56 yards and a a 3.5-yard average, uh, and that lone touchdown uh, on on his season, the lone rushing touchdown for running backs came in that game, um, and he only had a long of 14 yards. Now, their RB2, at least in their stat sheet, isn't even a running back. It's a wide receiver. (laughs) Um, They have, and to get this, they have three players, one wide receiver and two quarterbacks, neither which are started are their starting quarterbacks. So one wide receiver, two quarterbacks that have more yards than the second string running back, Joseph Hyman, the second or Himan. Uh, I'm not sure how you pronounce that name either. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta uh, however, that. however, that running back, Joseph uh, Himon, uh, <laughs> Just say has, it different each time. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> uh, Himone has an 85 yard touchdown reception on the season. Okay. So, um, would that you know, be the one from Helinski? 
Uh, that is correct. <laughs> good, good, good uh, uh, detective Powers there, of Andy. deduction. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so this this RB two is actually wide receiver, th- their third wide receiver, AJ Hanning. He's a senior as well, five foot ten, one hundred eighty-five pounds. He has twelve carries for seventy-six yards for a six-point-three yard average on a long of seven, but no touchdowns. Um, now, he also has 16 catches for 111 yards and two touchdowns, and he had the game-tying TD in the Minnesota game with two seconds left in regulation to send it to overtime. This All right? Is, I mean, so I just putting a picture together here. Outside of that fourth quarter <laughs> against Minnesota, yeah, uh, this doesn't seem like a very potent offense. Like, no. How do they stack no. up like in the rest of the conference in terms of their offensive output? Uh, well, they're 10th in total offense at 337 yards per game. They're 6th yeah. in passing yards at only 239. And by the way, this is with that fourth quarter explosion. This is adding those to these yeah. numbers. So these, these numbers are better than last week in terms of their ranking in the conference, all right? Yeah, 6th so in passing yards. And yeah. that's, I think that ties us for passing that yards. That does tie us, you know. Uh, and we're obviously not a pass-first team. Uh, they're last in rushing offense, averaging only 98 yards per game. PSU averages double that, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, uh, and co- and their conference ranking for points per game at 25, 24 points per game is seventh in the conference. And by the way, Penn State leads uh, the conference in scoring points per game. At I like 40 that. Four. I like that. Um, well, you know, it just it sounds to me like. Okay, first of all, obviously we've got to make sure that their running game doesn't get anything going against us, but their if strength, if you want to call it that, is their passing game, and uh, yes, we might for sure. have a fun day there. Well, real quick here, we have to make sure of is that they don't Iowa us in terms of <laughs> passing. Point. They have they use three tight end. Sorry, they use four tight ends. Um, they and they use them all. Four tight ends have contributed 15 catches for 140 yards and two touchdowns. So they're cycling a lot of different tight ends. I'm sure they use them in very unique ways and try and like get some misdirection going on and screens and uh, I'm sure they'll get passes. Them in, uh, whatever it is, they probably saw some stuff from the Iowa game that we early on didn't shore up. So be on the lookout for the tight ends. Uh, but also they have a couple of other wide receivers that are good as well. Um, Br- Bryce Kurtz, uh, he has 17 catches for 274 yards and two touchdowns with a long of 80. Um, and uh, yeah, he had the key fourth quarter touchdown to put the game within one touchdown with nine minutes left to play. So they got some guys that showed up in the clutch, and um, we'll, we'll see what you know. A little bit of um, momentum and um, you know positive affirmation in that game, and just winning does to to some of their um, offensive skill players. See if they can start like putting some stuff together. I mean, um, it'll be a tough ask against Penn State's secondary, by the way. Let's hope. Let's hope. Um, uh, Let's flip over and just talk about their defense. Um, And, of course, their defensive coordinator is David Braun, who ended up also taking on interim head coaching duties. Right. Um, What are they going to run against us on defense? What do we expect to see? It seems they run a base 4-2-5 with a nickel cornerback. Um, And, um, you know, the defense isn't great. It's not a – it's not a – it's not a largely high-powered defense. Um, they've been giving up uh, a lot of points. They're they're 
<laughs> they're last in the conference in rushing defense, Andy, allowing 184. They're sixth in the conference in passing defense, uh, you know, allowing 187. Um, and that's probably because people are running on them more, by the way. Last in the yeah, conference in rushing. Right. You think it was a get-right rush game for Penn State? Could be this Northwestern mm. game coming up here. They're 10th in total defense in the conference, allowing 372. And they're 11th in points per game allowing 25.8 but some of the players that they'll be looking to to at least you know carry the mantle for playing hard-nosed defenses they got a couple of linebackers that are their uh, leading tacklers Andy they have um, Bryce Gallagher senior 6'2 235 44 tackles in the season has an interception he had 13 tackles and 19 tackles in two different games so far he had seven tackles against Minnesota um, you know he's he's by far and away the the, the I think that the team's you know d- leader on defense but then linebacker Xander Mueller also a senior even bigger six foot three 235 he has 29 tackles on the season one and a half sacks uh, and one interception for 28 return yards so these linebackers definitely you know get get around the ball quite a bit and get around the ball carriers quite a bit um some uh, notable defensive uh, statistics here, sort of from a personnel standpoint for Northwestern. They have three defensive backs um, with at least 21 tackles with a combined three passes defended only and no interceptions. Only one interception for the entire secondary, two for the linebackers. That's only three interceptions on the season. Only three and a half sacks on the season for their defensive line. Only one fumble recovery for the entire team with no forced fumbles, by the way. So this is not an opportunistic defense from a turnover standpoint. So, a t- you know, a guy who's smart with the ball, right? A, a, yeah. a, a good run game, uh, game plan with our with our guys, and a, a good offensive line that's, you know, just starting to, you know, kind of gel and put things together um, as they did against Iowa. This is tailor-made for Penn State to have another methodical um, type of offensive attack, and Aller, tailor-made for Aller to not, you know, be dumb with the ball, because these guys aren't flying around like crazy. Iowa, if anything, was going to be the type of team that was going to be getting interceptions and and causing fumbles and um it doesn't feel like northwestern's that type of team um so you know that's just it's not a defense you're looking at that's going to be scary but you are looking to some of these guys that that uh, you know are going to lead them in in tackling and be around the ball a lot it's interesting you say um you know it's going to be a methodical kind of uh, offensive from a, day from a game or, plan standpoint, I think yeah. that's what I, I think they're ripe for for you know busting some big ones too. But you know, I think I think you want to you want to get back to that like uh, you know higher higher volume per yard per carry uh, rushing attack against a, a susceptible uh, poor. I mean, it was defense. interesting against Iowa. You know, a vaunted defensive line, right? And you know what? They did not look great against our offensive line. We got a push like that. Remember that first fourth and one, and right. there was a sneak, and we got yeah. five yards on that play, man. Yeah. So it really. I mean, makes- and by the way, our tight ends were chipping in on those too. Tyler Warren was the one behind Aller's butt the whole time, yeah. pushing him forward. The tush push. The tush push. <laughs> the tush push. Tyler but, tush push. But, um, you know, so, I mean, I hear what you're saying. It seems like a day when our offensive line can establish its dominance 
from the get go. If we can get uh, the the run game going to set the run to set up the pass, um, and just have Drew Aller continue to have a very highly efficient kind of day, especially um, you know it doesn't sound like they have. Um, like who is that guy against Illinois? Jerzon Newton, Johnny that w- Newton, <laughs> that was just disrupting everything all day. Like if we can have a clean day for Drew Aller, I'll be curious to know, you know, what he can do to Northwestern. Um, it seems like on paper, you know, we just this is a very very favorable matchup for Penn State. You know, we're first in points per game in the conference. We're second in yards per game in the conference. We're second in rushing offense. Uh, yards per game in the conference. Um, we also are leading total defense, leading in passing defense. We're third in rushing defense, third in points per game allowed. Like, you know, whereas in all those same categories, you know, the, the um, you know, alternate uh, where we're opposing um, Northwestern, like they're in the bottom half to dead last in those same categories that, that w- you know, their offense going against our defense and vice versa. So I... To me, this says we just have to be ourselves. We just and have to not beat ourselves. We just have to play Penn State football the way we've been playing it all season. Play clean, penalty free, turnover free, and uh, just go man on man and and take it to them. I don't think we need to do anything, you know, incredible or you know highlight plays or anything like that. Although I'd love to get them. We just need to go out there and play a solid football game. We should be able to take care of business. What do you think is, you know, what are the problems we need to resolve? <laughs> what are the, what are the things we need to pitfalls we need to look out for in order to make sure this is not a trap game in your mind, bro. I think this is the trap game as the season like is now bro- broken down. I think this is the actual trap game from like a, uh, Oh, you're on the road. Oh, it's an 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, oh, you're, you're you're coming off of a highly emotional game, right? Think about the way Franklin. I'm with you, man. The way Franklin built them up in the in the in the week leading up and how it was personal. You know, we're riding high. Emotions are high. Do we have an emotional letdown? That's really that's really how a trap game happens after an emotion an emotional letdown game. You're on the road, sleepy 11 a.m. kickoff. That's yep. this Unfocused. is Taylor and Northwestern, who's a like was the wounded du- wounded duck, and now they're like, okay, we, they just had a wide receiver catch two touchdowns on ten catches, 215 yards. That 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 guy Bryce Kurtz that I outlined. I mean. Their quarterback just got placed on the Davey O'Brien watch list, along with Drew Aller, by the way. Ben Bryant, he just got placed on the on the best, you know, quarterback in the country watch list. Um, so you know, they're riding high and they're trying to defend their home turf just like they just did against Minnesota. Ryan Field is now their battleground and and they've already won a battle. You know, and we're and I hope we bring the war to them. You know what I mean? I That's, hope so too. I expect it. Truthfully, I, do too. I expect it. Um, but I agree with you. We gotta be. We gotta be guarded. Franklin needs to bottle whatever he fed them. You know, <laughs> yeah. and he needs to. He needs to find a way to keep them, like on on the razor's edge of like out of control. You know what I mean? Like playing with their hair on fire, but right on that edge of control. I hear That's you. what we need to see. I'm with you. Well, let's um, 
let's put a real fine point on that by uh, bringing in our good buddy, Joel Bettner, um, so he can help us to go by the numbers. Not alert! By the numbers! Not alert! By the numbers! Not alert! By the numbers! All right. Well, after a week off, uh, we're back with By the Numbers and back with Joel Bettner. Joel, you're joining us from uh, 12 hours away, at least from where I'm sitting. Uh, what you doing over in, I don't know, Bangkok, Bali? Where are you? Welcome from the future. <laughs> Hello from the future. Uh, yeah, it's a day ahead here. I'm in I'm in Bali for a work trip. It's, it's pretty fantastic. Uh, work is paid for me and the whole family to come out here, but I did not let that get in the way of me watching my beloved Nittany Lions, and I will not let it get in the way of Would you have turned the trip down? Would you have turned the trip down if you couldn't watch? Well, I, I, it's, <laughs> How it's, big is your Penn State fandom? <laughs> it's, it's, it's been more than 20 years since I've missed a game. So I... Wow. It's, it's wow. a priority. When I book flights, when I book flights for this, I made sure that those flights would not interfere yeah, with the game. That's a big one. Yeah. Well done, yeah. That's that's what a fan does. Uh, so, Tom, you were you were traveling last week, so it was it was your bye week. You guys had a bye. Yeah, I was in Panama of all <laughs> and, places. Uh, <laughs> uh, your bye week for by the numbers. Um, yeah, but let's uh, let's just let's let's do a quick overview of of how the previous week went. Great so against. I know, and I know it wasn't good. I can feel it in my bones. Against <laughs> Illinois, um, it was a barn burner. So I asked you guys, how many times will Penn State punt to Illinois? Now, this actually surprised me. Yeah, me too. Seven times. We we punted the ball seven times against Illinois. Andy, your prediction was four. Tom, you predicted five. So Tom with the point. I am the smartest man alive. (laughs) (laughs) Then, how many times will Illinois punt to Penn State? Uh, Do you guys know what, what this was? Uh, uh, again, another surprise. No, me. they punted to us fewer times. I guess they they were going for it more. Um, six times they punted to us six times. Andy, you guessed seven. Tom, you guessed eight. Point. Blue yes. It. Yeah. Point I went up Andy. when I should have gone down. <laughs> you zigged when, zigged you when you should have zagged. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I'm a, I should have zagged. I'm a, I'm a zag not from now on. <laughs> um, then, <laughs> how many field goals will Penn State make? Andy, you guessed two. Tom, you guessed uh-huh. one. We made three. Dang it! Yes, that was a, I was impressive. I that, with one with one miss, right? A blocked one. Jason oh, Newton on. got Johnny Newton. Oh, got hold blocked. on, because how hold many on, hold on. Penn State miss? Make? Oh yeah, right. Yeah, I asked how many goals they miss. They miss. We miss one. Both of you guys guessed zero. Yeah. Then I, I went it. to, who will have more kickoff yard? Uh, return yards. Uh, we asked that because we anticipated the Penn State would be scoring a lot more, and so kicking the ball Did. to them very often. Yes. Um, yes. However, Penn State had 54 kickoff y- uh, return yards, while Illinois had 29. Um, Ooh. Andy. Wait. You, so was that all return yards or just kick return? Just yards? kickoff return yards, okay. not punt return. Okay. Okay. So just making sure. Andy, you guessed Illinois. Tom went with Penn State, so Tom gets the point. So it's. Knotted up at Tied. two to two. Oh. T- t- Go and take it to our tiebreaker. Oh it's boy! The score, right, and I think Andy took this. <laughs> the, the, the overall I don't remember, score honestly. 
<laughs> was 30 to 13. Good guys. Mm-hmm. Tom, you guess it would be 42-10. Andy, you guess it'd be 37-13. So oh, Andy, yes. oh, undefeated yeah. three <laughs> and oh, oh Tom man. sitting on a big old goose egg. He's got to get wow. off the schneid. Rigged. So, this is rigged. Well, you had your bye week. You, you, you got, yeah, you had Joel's time feeding me the answers. It's a uh, get right week. It's a get right week for me. Joel's feeding me the answers uh, between takes. So that's that's how well, I'm doing it well. It's very believable. It's very believable. You're 12 very hours believable. ahead. So that's how yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's 12 hours dumber into the future than we are. Right. <laughs> right. All right. So I, this 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 Iowa game, it was it was something so for a numbers nerd, there were a lot of awesome numbers that, that came out. Of totally, this. man. Um, totally. But uh, what I want to focus on is a little bit is kind of how our fourth quarter went. And yeah, you know, we just we put our foot on the gas. And even with our backups in there, we had our foot on the gas. I, I loved it. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, for a large part of that second half, Allard didn't play. Uh, he also yeah. had some like, what is 166 pass yards? Not much, Correct. but four touchdowns. That's a yeah. strange stat line. So it was it was an interesting game for a numbers nerd. Um, and so looking looking ahead, we've got. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. A pretty lowly Northwestern team shouldn't be taken lightly. They have a little momentum going. Yep, they do. Speaking of fourth quarters, they came back thirty-one. To ten in the fourth quarter, they were down twenty-one points and won in overtime. Yep. So. Yeah, three unanswered touchdowns in the very fourth much quarter PJ by Northwestern, uh, salesman-esque yeah. kind of loss. <laughs> so, um, who's who's going first this week? Uh, off the bye, and Tom, I went he, first last. I Tom, think I went which, first last week. I'm, last I'm, I'm, because because you are down, I'm going to go ahead and give you the option. Do you want first or second? First. Okay. Oh, how, how many points will Penn State score in the fourth quarter against Northwestern? Against Northwestern, um, hmm, I will say seven. Seven. All right, Andy. I'm going fourteen. I'm going fourteen. Wow, that's mm-hmm. a nice disparity there. So it mm-hmm. gives me the fact that he didn't take eight. What a I know. I should have taken it. <laughs> <laughs> it's <was> dumb. <laughs> You you double zagged when you should have just zigged. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Andy, how many points will Penn State give up in the fourth quarter? Given that they might have yeah, a lot of their back. Great in. question. I can't I can't wait to not double zag here. I'm gonna go. Um, <laughs> I'm going th- three. Three. All right. Mm. So it sounds like Northwestern's a fourth quarter possible team, but like. Here's where and like oh goodness are we blowing them out or or is like our our defensive backfield gonna still be out there that's what I'm wondering because we have the best passing defense in the country but a fourth quarter cover so to speak backdoor cover is not impossible for a team like Northwestern and it's at Northwestern and I think the weather's gonna be great Andy you predicted we will give up three in the fourth quarter I'm gonna say four. Two, we're giving gonna, up two safeties, huh? <laughs> well, I'm just going with it. Obviously, yeah. it can be, you know, f- you know, whatever. Six. Well, I, mean, I really, seven. I honestly, think anything over three, Andy. <laughs> 
I think we got a good shot for a shutout again. Um, so, oh, man. I figured, Dude, when was the last time Penn State had a back-to-back back shutout? To back. Don't know. But, man, okay, the, the defense zero. is flying no, high. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it, it's, uh, it is interesting because I it, there's if, if you're Northwestern and you're getting shut out in the fourth quarter, you might be... Are, are you kicking a field goal just to not be shut out, or are you trying to score yeah. some points? Have done it. It's happened have done to it us recently. Before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. All right. We did not have many long plays. Like, what was our longest play against Iowa? Was eighteen yards, nineteen yards? Uh, n- nineteen yards. Nineteen yard by 19 Nick Singleton. And, and actually, Bo no, I was, think yeah. Bo was looking like yes. he he could he could become a leading rusher, and he's probably going to have a lot of time in the game. Uh, Singleton and is is he's he's running okay, but not like he was last year. Katron's very consistent. So who is who's Penn State's? Well, who will have Penn State's longest rush? Oh, that's a cool question because I I I could be different from who's the leading rusher. Is yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Who's going to have the longest rush? Like it's I I'm assuming Bo is going to be in there quite a bit. Um, he might not be, but he, there's a good chance. So he I, I might think not. he'll be in there quite a bit, and he'll be running on the road. I think. Anyways, who, so who's going here? Is it my you turn? Are, Anyone yep. first, last? Okay, so I'm just gonna, you know, I think he's gonna break the 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 so far sophomoric slump. So far, sophomoric slump. Triple S with a quadruple singleton in there. So S S S S singletons. So far, sophomoric slump. Slithers, how do oh, wow. I so slightly to a sideways. I, I derailed get sideways? <laughs> um, Singleton get, gets it done with with a finally a a run of over twenty yards. I don't even know if he has a run of over twenty yards in the season. To be honest with you, um, so it's going to come to an end against Northwestern. I haven't even looked up Northwestern's defensive statistics yet, but something tells me it's going to we're we're going to run on this team. I, I I feel that for sure. All right, Andy. Uh, Trey Potts, dude, great, Potts. yeah, yeah. Potts, you know, you know. Uh, I'm just gonna stay here real quick. Potts is the team's leading rusher in yards per carry, and it's not close on the season. He's the only one. Uh, he's the only running back over. Sorry, he's the leading rusher yards per carry of the running backs. I think Perbula actually leads the team. And yeah, yards I, per I was carry. close to saying Perbula would have, but I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping for a breakaway. You I know, Perbula could. He's a dynamic runner. I, I, I'm, you know, I honestly, I think Singleton's going to break out of his. Uh, his but you're going his pots. So Singleton, for I'm me, going pots. pots. For Andy. Just to yeah, be different. I like it. Going hometown crew for the, the for the, you know, Williamsport millionaires. Our dad's alma mater. All right. Now, against Iowa, we gave up four first downs, and I think two of them were on yep. a single drive. So we like there were only three drives where they got a first down, which is wonderful. It was it was a delight to see. <laughs> um, so yeah. how I mean, many whose first offense downs is worse? <laughs> it's like whose yeah, offense yeah, is yeah. worse, Northwesterns or Iowas? It's, I think Iowa's. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. <laughs> okay, so Joel, what's what, what do you got for us? How many first downs will Northwestern get? Uh, I, I'm going seven. Seven first downs. Okay. Seven. Uh, I will go eight. Mm-hmm. 
Mm, okay. I, I just the home the hometown team coming off a you know a, a I think certainly a possible you know stepping stone game for them uh, you know and I don't think they'll come close to challenging Penn State in in the long run but maybe they come out with some fire for an 11 a.m. local kickoff against another 11 Illinois 11 a.m. kickoff for Penn State in in yeah I think what, the big re- question is uh, you know as we've already said what is Penn State going to do against Northwestern compared to Illinois and compared to Iowa. I mean, I, I think you the know, timing of the game is and the location of the game yeah, is and a is big it, role. Will, will we have grown from our kind of you know snooze fest uh, in the first half of the Illinois game and and really capitalize on what we did against Iowa and keep rolling? Right. right. Or will we kind of take Northwestern for granted and come out sleepy and let them you know? Yeah, around for a little bit. I'm leaning toward th- they're going to have a more of an Iowa-like performance than an Illinois-like performance. I don't think they're going to be as good as Iowa, though. You know, mm-hmm. in terms of having an Iowa performance, yeah, I, meaning they'll do we'll better be, and real good. In I football. think we'll be closer. That's what I'm thinking. Closer <laughs> than we were to before Iowa we get than to Illinois. your uh, before we get to your g- game predictions. One thing before uh, I just wanted to that that I was thinking about during the 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 Iowa game is. I don't know if you remember, like in in high school or elementary school, um, turning in homework. Teachers like, even if it's not complete, just turn it in. It's better than a zero. Look how look, look <laughs> yeah. how much a zero do brings down time. your score. I would do that all the time. I would like, hey, here it is on time, and it's like, did you even do it? <laughs> no, I didn't. But here I am. <laughs> but but it's better than a zero. Look how much a zero brings down your average. And, you should really and, be asking. We just uh, we just did that to to old Brian Ferentz. He uh. Yeah, okay. He's he's got to average twenty five points, and he's got one big old goose egg up there, and that yeah, that really hurt. We may have just fired Brian Ferentz. All right, let's let's work towards our 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 picks here for the for the game. All right, let let let's hear them. What what are your Penn State v Northwestern? Game prediction. So I'm thinking in this game here, um, and by the way, we're right now we're predicted to beat uh, Northwestern by 26 points, even. <laughs> and and for what it's worth, it was a 15 by game time. It was a 15 point spread against Iowa, um, and we covered and we've covered every game this year. So I am going to say we beat this team and the four, 42 to seven. I think locking it down, locking it in. Yeah. So I've been a little overly optimistic with my predictions lately. For example, I think I predicted 45 to 13 victory against Iowa. And of course our defense shut Iowa out, but our offense didn't get quite close to 45. Um, I've been overshooting our offense lately. I'm going to, I'm going to be a little more conservative than I my instincts say I'm still waiting for that that breakout performance of the offense against a FBS team, but uh, I'm going to say 38 points for the offense. I'm predicting a second straight shutout by the defense. 38 to nothing is the Northwestern score. Wow. I mean, it would be awesome. I mean, it would be awesome. I, I I honestly can't think of a time in my life that Penn State has gone back-to-back shutouts, especially in the conference. That's not easy to do. It's time for, you know, the defense traveled to Illinois. Uh, it's time for the defense to, to continue to set the tone. Uh, I think the offense will, you know, they'll have a better day against Northwestern than they did against Iowa. I, I think it's going to be a good day. Yeah. Great. 
Yeah, I like it. I've got your boys. I got your your, your numbers all locked in. Um, yeah, to, well, everybody tune in next week and see if Tom can get off the Schneid or if <laughs> older brother Andy keeps on just bullying his little brother, just rubbing his I nose like it. in the dirt. Don't worry, I can physically bully my brother now. He can. I am a grown man, mother. Tom, Tom, you are the Iowa. Tom, you're the Uh, Iowa of By the Numbers. Oh, great. (laughs) The little brother, huh? Great. Uh, Well, thanks for joining us, Joel. Uh, We'll uh, see you next week. And uh, yeah, have a good one, man. Stay safe. All right, see you, fellas. Later, Joel. Well, I guess we will see what happens with those numbers, um, and most importantly, with the Northwestern game and the final score. We'll see, uh, bro. I hope you get that shutout you predicted. I really, I do. really want it. Yeah. I want it again. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. if this is a trap game like we were talking about, we're not going to get that. But I, I just something in me says it's only guys- a trap game in in like like how it, the, the schedule has broken down. That's the only. You know, like that's the way that, that but works that's out. why it's a trap game is because right. it can have that effect. And you, can, just, you can, and you can't see it coming. That's a trap. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, so but if you know, I I, I feel like they're gonna be, you know, like they got a taste for blood. You know, like they oh, man, we I, should you be know, proving it. I that, we should be I proving hope so. it now. I hope so. Beat that's what I want. Breaks off. Wait, blow the doors off Northwestern and beat the brakes off UMass. That's what I want. Okay. Doors and breaks, baby. Doors and breaks. <laughs> uh, well, that'll do it for us. Um, want to remind everyone to subscribe and follow this podcast. Uh, share with all your Penn State friends. Um, send us an email. We'd love to feature you on the mailbag, blueandwhitebrothers at gmail.com. Uh, and hey, uh, it'd be great if you would just uh, drop a review into your podcast app. Give us a rating. Uh, we'd love to uh, just know from you how we're doing and uh that by the way gives other people a chance to find us through their podcast apps when you give that rating and that review but um it it is gonna be uh a potentially historic season we've already covered that first hurdle with that iowa game and now we're into this next little stretch before we hit ohio state and by this time next week we'll be one step closer to that giant buckeye mountain until then, guys, I hope you hope you have a great week. Um, bro, we are in the thick of it, and we've got a lot more football to go. Um, until then, though, man, it always starts with I love you. And it ends with I love you. It always starts with I love you. We are Penn State. Thanks for listening to the Blue and White Brothers. Join us next time for another great episode about Penn State football. Want to make sure you don't miss an episode? Be sure to hit subscribe before you go. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't hesitate to give us a five-star review with overwhelming words of adulation and praise. 